What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. The Volume. Jenkins and Jones is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. It is Monday, April 5th. We got a huge show for you today. We're talking NCAA tournament. We're talking Roy Williams. We're talking Paul Pierce and Space Jam. Might talk a little Godzilla Kong, among other things. As always, Jenkins and Jones is hosted by my good buddies, my pals, Lejethro Jenkins, aka John. What's up, guys? I was confused whether I should go with the what's up, guys. I lean right. You know, I went with the old, you know, old faithful. You feel yeah, me? Yeah, you got to do what feels natural. And uh, Dragonfly you know, Jones, a.k.a. Yeah. Tyler. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> gone. <laughs> hey, guys. Programming note, we are recording Sunday afternoon. We are watching the Arizona Stanford. I should say Stanford, Arizona Women's Basketball National Championship. We are midway through the second quarter. Stanford is up by one. If you hear us talking about the game, it's because we're watching the game together while we record because this is a podcast with three people who do shit like that. So. <laughs> Yeah, actually friends actually friends who <laughs> actually watch basketball um but let's start with the ncaa tournament um i think regardless of what happens in this national championship game and i said before it started i i'm expecting stanford to win um i think arizona and adia barnes are the story of the tournament um because hell yeah the moments when people talk about when draymond or whoever puts their foot in their mouth and talks about what women's basketball quote-unquote needs to be successful as though it's not growing in by leaps and bounds every year already i feel like the adia barnes moment of her you know them upsetting uconn the super team that everyone's known about for decades and then just popping the double birds in the team celebration afterwards and very visibly saying fuck everybody else <laughs> that's perfect man that was a perfect it moment is. 
It is. And I, and I, lo- yeah. And I loved how she set out, you know, how, how Adia set out to, to clarify. Yes. We were saying, you know, fuck everybody who doubted us. And I will not apologize for that. Like good for you because you should not ever apologize for saying fuck anyone who doesn't believe in us. You know what I mean? So I love that for her. Like that was a star turn moment for her in my, in my eyes. Like I'm a huge fucking fan. Now. But even if she was saying fuck, like whoever, it didn't matter. Like, you know what I mean? I'm a big fan of saying fuck everybody that ain't us <laughs> as well. Yeah. So regardless yeah. of what she was saying, you know, it was a private moment with her team and she had the right to do that. And if anybody was expecting her to apologize, fuck them too. Yeah. <laughs> and she won't say it, but I will. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Perfectly said it. You could tell that it, that you could tell exactly who she was uh, as a coach because she didn't like hesitate or feel awkward saying it. She pulled her bottom lip all the way behind her teeth for the fuck everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and that shit was the emphatic. Team, and you see as how fuck. the team reacted to? Yes. Yeah. They, they, hey, bro. She spoke to their heart, bro. She spoke to their soul when they said that. It was a fact, and that's how they move, and that's how they should. You know what I mean? They beat a hell of a team, bro, with a pro on it. We, uh, our producer Brittany, was basically retweeted her whole press conference um, before this national championship with Stanford, and I love everything she said. She was talking about how important it was for her to handle that situation the correct way because she knows that as a black woman, she doesn't. It, it's not. Like she's not going to get to be Mike Woodson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's not going to get to be hired by another college a couple of years later. She's like black women get one shot as head coaches in mm-hmm. basketball. And if you don't get it, you don't get, I think the term she used was recycled, which was perfect. She's like, we don't yeah. get recycled into other jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know I have to make this moment work exactly right. And I, I hope she understands. I hope that they all understand that that was a moment that worked perfectly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For sure. For sure. Like, and the thing about college is, um college coaches really only get fired for one of two things or two things right like either you stop landing recruits or you cannot connect with your players or either both right and that was a moment that showed us that she connects with her players Mm -hmm. on a very deep level Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so yeah i you know like i said great moment for her and i fucking love that and fuck apologize i want to say it was cal said to sports illustrated like 15 years ago you you get fired for losing or you get fired for getting caught cheating and if you get fired for losing, you don't get another job. <laughs> you know I mean? That's real shit. Yeah. If you get fired that for is cheating, shit. You know, I mean, you'll be all right. Yeah, as long yeah. as you're winning. As long as that cheating equated to winning. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, they'll figure it out. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I just feel like the, the my rule with the NCAA tournament is the moment a, a coach and a team do something like that, like Arizona did with beating UConn in that celebration, the moment I'm fully on board with them, they're guaranteed to lose the next round. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as you emotionally invest, your heart is going to get fucking ripped out. Right. Yeah. So it's, I'm definitely expecting Stanford to win this, but uh, I, th- I don't know. We might be going until – we might be recording until pretty deep in the game, so we'll see what happens. Um, the game of the tournament – honestly, maybe the best basketball game I've seen this year. And I'm a big time NBA greater than, greater than, greater than college basketball. But that uh, Gonzaga UCLA game last night was some fucking heat, bro. <laughs> all timer, all timer, man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, that, that might, that may, I don't, I don't, I can't really remember when I've been that invested in a game when I didn't give a fuck about either team. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I had no, no real, no real, I wasn't invested in either team for real, but I was really invested in the game because the game was that good. They were so efficient. The, it, it was very offensive, but it wasn't like the defense was trash. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, both teams had, I mean, Jalen Suggs as a young buck is crazy. That dude, Kisper, whatever his name. Well, okay, well, first of all, the, the shot at the end of overtime to win it, did you know it was gonna go in? Did you know it was gonna go in? I had an inkling, bro, because like I you said, because so you know, my wife is a UCLA alum, like all UCLA fans. When she heard that they won in the Elite Eight, that's about when she tapped in. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she's a Southern California girl. You know what I mean? She's like, oh, we're in the Final Four. Let's go! Like, I, you know, I'm gonna make sure my kids know who are the Eight players on the team. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I just felt like. Uh, you know, I've been telling them, I was like, Gonzaga's really fucking good, you know, like, I don't know. And so they were, they were fired up and we watched, uh, we watched the end of regulation overtime at dinner. And we, it was just like, I just, we were sitting outside and I just leaned back and like stared up at the sky. 
for like 30 seconds without saying anything. <laughs> and Char was just like, what, 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 what? Has yeah. <laughs> he ever really watched? Over and over again. Has he ever really watched Tony Games? Like that's how Tony Games ends. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, she has uh, watched, she, she's watched usually more so the sort of uh, gluttonous first couple of days that I really love. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, once that, it, it, I, my attention usually kind of goes away once it's not on 24 hours a day. Um, but, uh, but she never really like followed a UCLA team that she was rooting for like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it, it, was just, yeah. it was a perfect moment. The stats about the game are crazy. I just wanted to read a couple. The game was tied for six and a half minutes. There were 19 lead changes. The largest lead was seven. There were no more than six unanswered points the whole game. And there was a two or one score deficit for 43 minutes and 51 seconds out of 45 minutes. That's from a uh, heat check That's CBB. Wild. That's the crate. I mean, yeah, it, it, it goes back to how it goes back to how we mentioned how, you know, a lot of times watching college sports, like, I don't necessarily feel good for the winner as much as I feel bad for the losers, right? You know what I mean? Because Johnny Juzang, bro, the fucking work he put in to get that bucket, right? He he fucking, you know, he he he, he caught the shit outside the arc. He dribbled it down. He got a switch. He beat that defender to get the, you know, to get a shot up in the paint. He missed that shot. He fought his own shot, got his own rebound, put it back up to tie the game, right? 90-90 at that point. And then, and Johnny Juzang, he's a kid who's like, He's not even projected to get drafted. And here comes Jalen Sugg, top three projected draft guy, 30 feet out, banks in the fucking game winner, right? Right? And it's like, bro, it's, and it's just, it, it just, like I said, it, that was a moment where I was more sick for, you know, Johnny Juzang than I was happier for Jalen Suggs. Juzang, like, why didn't he touch the ball more in overtime? That's what tripped me out. It's just like every time he put his hand on the ball, it was a bucket. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like more often than not, you know what I mean? The dude had like 28 going in. I think to overtime, he was going crazy. I think he touched the ball like once or twice in OT, which was weird. But what's the worst you felt for a player after watching Marcus, a crazy moment? Marcus like Page. That? Marcus Page had I remember the that. That's greatest. Marcus Page had the greatest fucking shot we've ever seen in tournament history. No one will, will ever care because of Chris Jenkins, right? He double pumped. He double pumped under a defender and hit the shot to tie it from three. And then Chris Jenkins comes down and hits the game winner. And that was his senior year, wasn't it? And Marcus yeah, probably should have left year. two years prior if we were keeping it a stat. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, he should have jumped to the league. I mean, he, he stayed in North Carolina four years, and, he, and I don't know if he necessarily needed to. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. Mark, that was his senior year. I'm a Duke fan. I remember we recorded after that, and I called you up like, damn, man. I could. I didn't even clown you. You clowned yeah, me up I remember after that Lehigh. You, you was on my head at South Carolina. Yeah, South yeah. Carolina. And I was yeah. like... <laughs> I saw that Marcus Page shit. I, I, I did not feel good about that at all. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I remember that episode and the genuine love and sympathy flowing back and forth. <laughs> bro, yeah. bro, if we was in the same city, I would have hugged this man the whole time <laughs> during the pot. It's okay, man. You can, yeah. We'll make it through this pot. That was horrible. Yeah. But man, I want to say fuck me because I said the dumb shit about like, College basketball is almost impossible to watch. You know what I mean? Without the fans. And, hey, this tournament has been good. That game was great, but the tourney as a whole has been fun as hell to watch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I doubted the quality. I mean, it's not the obviously the same quality basketball as, as NBA basketball, obviously. But it's still really good, fun basketball. And so, fuck if it's not the same quality. It's been fun to watch. And, that, and, and so, fuck me and what I said about the quality of, of NCAA basketball. You know, it, it's been great. The tourney's been awesome. I would say the, the, um, the men's tournament's been great. The women's tournament, to be honest with you, this is one of those years where, you know, we're watching a one seed play a three seed for the national championship right now. The men's tournament, for as many crazy twists and turns as they were, it's two one seeds playing each other for the national championship. Mm-hmm. The women's tournament was exciting to me this year because you can start to see the depth of talent across the country increasing to where it's not just mm-hmm. chalk. Like the chalk is disappearing around earlier, it feels like, you know, each time a year or right. two goes by. And, um, I, you know, I would say that the, the Baylor UConn women's game is up there with the UCLA Gonzaga men's game. I mean, mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, outside of the bad referee. Well, I was going to say, like, to be honest with you, it's unfortunate to say it, but the refereeing controversy almost ends up just with the way that the, you know, take economy is so fucking important to sports now. The terrible officiating, 
almost ends up being beneficial as well to the tournament. Um, Brittany, again, our producer sent me, uh, uh, she sent me a tweet that said that the women's tournament that day got like 10 times the social engagement that the men's game got. And we know that that's important business wise, you know, you know, that's important for the women's game. And unfortunately shitty referee <laughs> is a really was quick, it, it's, yeah, it's a quick way to get good social, you know, you have a good game with the bullshit officiating. You got yourself a stew as far as Twitter is concerned. <laughs> right. Well, okay, Tyler. Uh, I know this is uh, this is near and dear to your heart, bro. So I wanted to open this up, but I think basically, like the morning after we recorded our last pod, uh, Roy Williams had a surprise a surprise to me at least uh, announcement on April Fool's Day that he's retiring uh, at the age of seventy. Which I guess saying that out loud maybe should not have been quite so surprising to me because he's 70 years mm -hmm. old but uh <laughs> you are a, a lifelong north carolina fan and i know uh, feel very yes. strongly about roy so the floor is yours sir yes for one i fucking love roy you know there's the whole discussion about how unc fans don't like roy and i never understood unc fans who thought there was a better option out there than roy williams you know roy williams is one of the all-time greats bro what what 903 wins um three titles in, in 12 years, like from 05 to fucking, you know, 2017. Like, that's remarkable, bro. Like, you know, he he came to UNC when we needed him the most because those Doherty, those Doherty years, oh, my fucking God. Abysmal. Oh, abysmal, bro. Bro was going 8-22 and 22 with a core that fucking, you know, Roy won a championship with. Like, the, the program was really in trouble there, and Roy saved that shit, and he kept Carolina afloat, man. When you think about him, do you think about Kansas at all? Um, because he was a face of Kansas. Like it yeah, wasn't a player. Yeah, it was, was him. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I, I don't think you can separate Roy from Kansas, but I feel like North Carolina was where he had his best years. You know what I mean? I mean like, he had three championships there. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, but, but during his time in Kansas, like, like, you know, he was no fucking joke either. He had, he turned, he had Kansas being a fucking, you know, he made that job way fucking easier, you know, for, oh, for everybody sure. else who follows him. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think he, That's he, he of Kansas years too. you mentioned, yeah. you know, when you, when you pull a, an elite program out of the, out of the desert, you sort of create that bridge into the future. And it's real easy with North Carolina, with the actual program being where it is with the, you know, being wrapped right around Jordan brand, the way that they are, you can see what the mm -hmm. road forward looks like for that program. Um, and it's, it's kind of crazy that it's a dude who was older, you know, an old school guy, definitely of that kind of aging out generation that took him into the future. Yeah. But I think that's what I would say. Like, you could really see what it looks like going forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. How yeah. did you end up in North Carolina? Like, yeah. Tyler? My pops, man. Um, you know, my pops grew up in, in Southern Virginia, like a town called Red Oak, like 15 miles from North Carolina border. And they used to get UNC games all the time. And Bobby Scott was like the first black player in the ACC. So, mm -hmm. you know, my kid, my, my dad grew up as a kid watching, you know, the only black guy on his TV when it was ACC basketball. And that's how he became a Carolina fan. And that's how I inherited that shit. But, um, you know, Roy got that job because the Dean Smith lineage line is so very important. You know what I mean? It's so very important to Carolina fans. I, I don't know if they still want to claim to that, you know, in 2021, like they did in, you know, 2004 or whatever. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see the, the next step they take here because Roy played it smart because, you know, they came calling after, after Dean retired and Roy turned him down. You don't ever want to be the guy replacing a legend. You want to be the guy replacing the guy that replaced the legend, right? Right. You want to get ex you want to make expectations a little more realistic there. You know what I mean? And Roy bided his time. And he came on board and he won three fucking championships and, you know, he's a legend to us now. So, yeah. That's arguably the smartest career move I've ever heard of a coach making. You know what I mean? And right. I know that it right. was intentional for exactly the reasons you just said. It was like, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. I'm not going to, I can't fill his shoes. Put, put someone in there who really doesn't fit the shoes. <laughs> right. Make somebody stake it up and anoint me as your savior when I come. But you know what I mean? <laughs> not as, as someone who's, who's got to achieve the impossible. Yeah. Have they, so. have they mentioned anybody else? Like for, like, as far as who's coming next, have they talked about anything yet? Cause I know they probably I, yeah. have somebody in the, pipeline already i know he didn't just they didn't find out when we found out you know right what I mean? right right i mean i i haven't heard anything about you know the 
like a front runner like like back in 03 you know we knew that that Roy Williams was was the guy that they wanted. Like they even asked him that shit after the championship game, and he said, "I don't give a shit about Carolina. Lying to his fucking seat, <laughs> right? Like he's supposed to, yeah, like, like he's supposed, supposed to. to, right? But yeah, but um, who knows, man? Who knows? Um, I, I love that story about your dad in North Carolina. I think that's one of the reasons it's always so stupid to all three of us when people talk about separating sports and culture or race and politics or or whatever is like. Yeah. I feel like almost everyone I know has a story like that about one of the teams that they root for. That it was like, oh, well, my dad or my grandpa or my right. mom saw this history being made or appreciated the way this coach reacted to this situation or whatever. It's just like, you can't, <laughs> you can't in 2021 go back in time 60 years and cut the cord on shit like that. Just, you know, it's impossible. Exactly. Um, all right. Speaking of mixing sports and uh off-court culture uh paul pierce i'm gonna be honest okay look i'm gonna be honest with the jenkins and jones listeners they pay us at the volume podcast network so i'm on vacation right now i have not been tapped in to the paul pierce situation i just know everyone was sending me screenshots of he got on ig live with uh some friends and some lady friends and looked like he was having a great time so tyler can you explain to me what happened with paul pierce bro oh. Well, shit, I, I ain't on Instagram either, but I saw, you know, I definitely kept, I definitely kept tapped into this uh, story because this shit was a lot. But yeah, you know, basically Paul Pierce went live. He was getting his hair cut. He had some strippers over and he was smoking some weed, which just might be a regular Friday for him. But, you know, thank you for letting us into your world for that moment, Paul Pierce. We did not know you were living like that. I might have been wrong about homie this whole time. I thought he was a square, but homie was goddamn, he was enjoying himself that night, bro. He was gambling while getting a haircut with cheeks clapping in the background. <laughs> I've never seen some shit like that ever. And I didn't know he was getting a haircut. So I looked back and like next to the cheeks was like the barber setup, like the, the clippers yeah. and shit. And I was like, is this, is this man getting a haircut? Like, this is just how he gets down, bro. Like, hey, good for him. <laughs> Very interesting way to go about doing things. I think. <laughs> I mean, we've I, 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 I think pandemic, so he's probably that <laughs> might be his coming out party. All the things I love, you know, what I mean, here at once, you know, I don't know. I think Paul. I can't. Pierce, I also can't believe. I was gonna say. I also can't believe that Paul Pierce's haircuts are in home on call barber quality because those shits be looking <laughs> regular as fuck on TV. Like. <laughs> Like he just might be swaggerless if like an on-call in-house barber can't make your shit look crisp. You just might be you just might be cursed with the cloak of swaggerlessness, dog. There might be no getting around that. I mean, how 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 old is Paul Pierce? Oh, it's about 43 out, 44. Bro, it's, yeah. it's kind of hard. I mean, dude, there's not many Jalen's out. He's 43. You know yeah. what I mean? At 40, your, your lineup well, look, look the same. I mean, we know <laughs> that the in-home haircut good for Paul Pierce, I'll the, say the, that. The in-home I mean? lineup is about the greater experience for Paul Pierce, as we learned on Instagram. So you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, that too. it's not about the lineup, well, you know. <laughs> it's about doing some baller <laughs> shit. But what I was saying flexing on these niggas on social media, you feel me? But I think the thing about Paul Pierce that, he, like, you've seen Josiah and Mgrads and some other dudes, uh, Black Trey, talk about this on Twitter. Like, Paul Pierce has, because he was with the Celtics and he just has the personality he has, he's always looked like a square on TV. But that dude was born in Oakland. He went to Inglewood High School. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He didn't fucking transfer to a private county, like a, a private school in Orange County. He went to Inglewood High School. He was a McDonald's All-American out of Inglewood. We all know, obviously, like he's surviving stabbed 11 times. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that, unfortunately for him, he happened to be on the Celtics at a time when his whole hometown was very united against the Celtics. And I think he kind of even, you know, that, but that's what I've seen uh, Josiah and them talking about. Like, people need to, people around here, around Southern California, need to respect him more. Is like, this dude is a legend. He's one of the greatest basketball players ever from California, from Southern California. And we all talk about him like he's a fucking dork. <laughs> I mean, he shit on, he shit on himself on television. So, I mean, we can't forget that part. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Let's we, <laughs> we saw something that, that, that looked very similar to that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And bro, I've, I've, I've always said that it's interesting as fuck that baggy 1990s culture saved Paul Pierce's life. 
Because when he got stabbed up, that motherfucker probably had on an 8X Averex, a fucking 4X hoodie, right? Like, if that shit happened in 2021 with a fucking slim fit Balenciaga, fucking jacket, Paul Pierce would be out of here, dog. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Paul Pierce would be gone. Paul Pierce would be pushing up daisies, dog. I feel bad for laughing at that. But on it's Easter true. Sunday, let's be yeah. grateful that. You know those hot takes you post on social media? Well, now you can win up to $5,000 when you put those takes to the test on FanDuel. It's a new game called Over Under, and it's absolutely free to play on FanDuel. Here's how it works. FanDuel will set lines on things like total points or three-pointers made during every NBA on TNT broadcast. All you have to do is pick over or under for every prop. Your picks could win you a share of $5,000 during every contest. FanDuel is the exclusive home for over-under, and it's available in all 50 states so you can play from anywhere. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com over-under and sign up now if you haven't done so already. Just create a new FanDuel account. If you don't already have one, it takes less than two minutes to sign up. Then put your takes to the test during every NBA on TNT broadcast at FanDuel.com slash over under. They could be worth up to $5,000. Age and local restrictions apply. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. We've used Angie at my house. We had some work done. uh, We had some painting done. We're able to find a bunch of really qualified people with good rates through Angie and pick someone we're really happy with. It was super easy to use the app, super easy to connect with someone. We got the call right away, so we didn't have to sit around and wait. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installation, or cleaning. Angie has simplified finding help for home projects. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service projects from start to finish. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
What did you guys think of the trailer for the most highly anticipated movie of 2021, Space Jam Dos? Space Jam Dos. <laughs> I loved it. I thought, you know, I didn't expect this movie to be, you know, some fucking, you know, Oscar nominated, <laughs> you know, fucking bitch. I wanted this shit to be fun and it looks fun, bro. That's all that fucking matters. Because Space Jam won. Maybe my 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 the way that I idolized MJ as a fucking you know 14-year-old or whatever was too out the roof because that shit was a letdown, bro. Like maybe you combine, you know, the shitty, you know, technology in the 90s, the over-the-top expectations we had for MJ, but that shit did not come together well for me at all as a kid, bro. But I think bro. this shit is gonna be exactly what it needs to be. As a kid, I thought that movie was trash. I remember right. like 30 minutes into it being like, I just want to go play. Like, I don't want <laughs> to be a part of this anymore. And I was obsessed with MJ, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So this looks, it looks interesting, you know what I mean? And I had really low expectations because of the first one, but it, it looks like it'll be a fun experience, you know what I mean? I'll tap in and watch it. I mean, but like, hey, I'm not guaranteed to be there past 30, 40 minutes, like I said. You you sleep you sleep through fuck you sleep through fucking anything, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Bro, but bro, I, my I, favorite part of every movie is my ten minute nap. Cause I mean, ninety eight percent of movies I watch, there's gonna be a ten minute point where I'm mouth open with it. You feel me? And then I'll tap in. Oh, okay, what happened? Okay, I think, cool. I, so you know I, I mean? watched Space Jam with uh, my kids, and I think a really something that I was kind of aware of as a kid that I'm very aware of as an adult is that Michael Jordan was terrible horrible, as an actor, horrible. bro. He, he was, was so, reading. I felt like they fed him those. It lines. looked like, like SNL. Was, like you could see the you could see his eyes moving on the cue cards and shit. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> hi, I am Michael Jordan. Did you Michael Jordan? You, really you know right. what I mean? And to <laughs> be clear, <laughs> I was a big enough Jordan, MJ fan. Right? I was a big enough MJ fan. I think I think you guys know this story. I was at the scenes where they filmed the baseball scenes. I was I was an extra. I was a kid in Long Beach. They filmed it in Long Beach who signed up to be there for that shit. And I dove yeah. atop other children to graze his pinky finger as he was giving out <laughs> high fives to all the kids afterwards. And then you see the movie and you're like, okay. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Wait, so y'all didn't like the movie as kids? Because I was told mm. that I was wilding. No, nah, nah, saying we, it was it was. I did. I wouldn't say I didn't like it. I would say that I thought it was like weird that Michael. Jo I remember thinking it's weird that Michael Jordan looks like he's pretending to be Michael Jordan. And now that we know what his personality <laughs> is, I think we know why that was. <laughs> Yeah, he absolutely was acting in that motherfucker. He was being a wholesome family man, a wholesome, kind, considerate person. He absolutely was acting in that motherfucker. They should have had him in the fucking Goodfellas, bro. If he was in the Goodfellas, yeah. oh yeah, closer to himself, you know. Oscar nominated, right, right, right. I was old as fucking that. Like, watch the last dance, watch the full 10 hours of the last dance, and then just watch the speech where he's being encouraging to his teammates in fucking Space Jam. And you're like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> Never Rivals, met him. Man. Never seen him. You can do it. I'm going to use a psychological mind trick to motivate bugs. Like... <laughs> Right, right. He, he should have called a few people a bitch, and then we were really, you know. Yeah. Okay, they he he, he should have beat the. He should have beat. He should have punched Porky in his fucking mouth for, for missing a wide open three. Right. right? He should have choked Bugs out and called him a bitch in practice. Oh, dang nigga, out. Right. That would have been the real Mike. Damn man. And we would have fucking loved that movie, dog. Yeah. <laughs> this shit is great. He's the best actor ever, dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> this thing was like a third grade teacher. Come this is on, so guys. Realistic. It'll be yes. okay. So I think yeah. like the bar is low for Braun as an actor. And to be honest with you, I actually I think Braun is a great actor. Like I've heard yeah. I've heard like Judd Apatow, other like comedy directors talk about it's bullshit that this dude has comedic timing and can look natural on camera. He's a fucking six foot eight basketball god. He's not allowed to be funny too. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> what was that movie he was in? Like Blind Date or something? He was in something with Amy was. Schumer. Like, yeah. Yeah, but he was funny in that. I was surprised. I was like, damn. I was expecting him to be, be like MJ or reading the shit. You know what I mean? But like, the best I've ever seen do it is KG, though. KG? What, what, oh, KG was so natural. KG, in, bro. In, in that, in that, and you know who's really good, too? Blake Griffin. Yeah. Blake Griffin is special, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, when on camera, he's hilarious, dog. Yeah. So...
But yeah, LeBron, yeah, I think Jones. he'll be decent. I think he'll be decent for sure. So speaking of LeBron James, he, oh my God. He has he's waited. Listen, we have an ongoing debate on this podcast about what's more important in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the peanut butter or the jelly. Jelly fan was on the ropes because we were, Team we PB, scrambling. Team PB over there on John's side had it was like blow after blow after blow. It was like Marrow and then Zach Fox and then Shea Serrano. And just when it looked like Tyler and I were dead, it's fitting that we're recording this on yeah, Easter on, Sunday. Our Savior. Because oh, we were resurrected. We are by risen. Our savior. We are risen. We are risen, Tyler. We are back in business, baby. Bro, hey, look, just, I'm just at the point now. No, look, I'm at the point now where we know that no argument is going to win anything now. In any, any, it's not going to sway any opinions. We just got to roll out names who are on our sides. And Bron is a big fucking name again. Perhaps the biggest in this whole debate. That's the Joker right there. Played the Joker. But That's also, the big Joker. The biggest is, of big jokers. This is the thing. They were comparing it to his game. Nobody's game wants to be peanut butter. If you're just saying it, okay? When he why is that? Why is that? Why, why is that? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's, let's what is it about peanut butter I'm that not, no I'm one not, wants to be compared to? Yeah, what is it about peanut butter? I'm only talking about this for y'all, okay? The shit. No, don't over. do that. I'm no. not defending myself because I don't give a fuck. The dub has been acquired, my nigga. But I'll continue my point, and I'm not gonna let y'all sway me on no bullshit. All right? But he he didn't he didn't want to be peanut butter initially because he's he's game. You want his game compared to well, why? But why? Wade why, why, broke why, down why when Wade broke down the. When I said when butter, I said Brian he, was you, 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 The reason I you're was, talking about is because ridiculous. you know that Brian agreed no, I, with 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 him at the end when he said ain't nobody eat no jelly sandwich you called and was Tyler, breaking down the reason peanut butter was good. You called Tyler you crazy. With Wade's you, you called Tyler crazy. You called me crazy for saying. You call me crazy for saying Braun was the jelly. And Braun said, yeah, I'm the jelly. Apologize <laughs> now. <laughs> Bro, like, no. No, I'm not going to apologize. Braun himself Wade, said he's the jelly. Braun didn't want to be jelly until Wade broke down the benefits of peanut butter. And he agreed at the end. Y'all ignored that on purpose because y'all are desperate. This is how oh, desperate he no. didn't even give y'all the cosign. Wade talked him out of it in 15 seconds, dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, mean, I don't think I don't think any of us have ever argued that a jelly sandwich is good. We just no, said jelly is most no, more important in the no, people. Dwayne Wade jelly made the same. Dwayne Wade made the same point everyone makes that you don't want to eat a jelly sandwich. I got the and then you say no Mike one wants to eat a peanut butter would sandwich. Eat a jelly I would eat a jelly sandwich, sandwich. Mike, said over it. a peanut butter sandwich. Mike, you said you would eat a jelly over sandwich. Over a peanut butter sandwich. No, he said peanut nobody's butter. eating jelly sandwiches. Your ass said you would in the in defense. So, bro, no, dog. Bro, I've been saying the same shit the whole time. Everybody's been saying the same thing I'm saying, and finally I'm right because everybody said basically what I said the entire time, bro. Look, how did you Brian turn? I didn't agree LeBron. in the end, and that's what matters. He's like, oh yeah, you're right. You feel me, dog? No, he, he said he said no one eats jelly sandwiches. He, yeah, he didn't but say, also he didn't, he didn't say you're right. Jelly is less bro, important. No, okay, he, he still jelly, stuck to that. He didn't recant that. Said his game was the jelly. He agreed with Wade's uh, with, with Wade's uh, logic, and that was it was blatantly obvious, Shit. bro. Shit, I do too. You need way more peanut butter than jelly. But that's why he said Ron is peanut butter. You feel me? Because peanut butter is the most important part of the team or of the sandwich. And Ron is the most important part of the team. It's that easy, guys. He actually agreed. You are proving yourself no. wrong. I'm, I'm sorry it's come to this. I'm sorry. You got to let it go. You got to move on. Y'all are fucking... This is I don't know how I don't know how you can say I don't know how from you guys I don't know how you can say you need more Bro. peanut butter than jelly to make a good peanut butter jelly sandwich, which is what we agree on. But then say that the more scarce item is not the most. <laughs> Look at him! Thank you, thank you, thank you to LeBron for the co-signing. Yeah, thank you, LeBron. Thank, thank you, you for signing with us. Thank you, to LeBron. Y'all are the thirstiest niggas in the world right now, dog. I've never seen it. Took the L's with the peanut butter, the rat shit over and done. Did you bigger. see? Did y'all watch Godzilla King Kong? <laughs> yes. I took a nap every forty six seconds. But the part that does not that's really that is not bad. a that does not tell me anything about Godzilla King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> 
exactly. I would say the same. Uh, uh, my review of Godzilla King Kong is the exact same as my review will be of Space Jam 2, which is all the people on the internet who will be talking about it are going to be like 35 to 50. But the movie was made for Vincent, my seven-year-old son. And he was... I had to wrestle him for 30 fucking minutes when that movie was over before he'd go to bed. He was so fired up. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, well, he said, that's mega Godzilla. I bet his fucking eyes popped out of his head when that kid said that shit. You well, he, I mean? they were, my kids were on the same shit as you guys. They were rooting for King Kong. So they were a little bit hurt that Godzilla fucking <laughs> dragged his ass all. They, King Kong had the United States military behind him and still fucking got his ass dragged. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when, when you need a motherfucking goddamn defibrillator, <laughs> like you, you got your ass beat. I can't even front, man. But uh, hey, and then, then hey, after he jump that motherfucker, yeah. after yeah, the defibrillator, um, he had to get up and then get his shoulder back in place. So, like that <laughs> motherfucker got his ass. Whoa, up, nigga. Look, yeah. Hit his shoulder against his the fucking beat. building and knock that motherfucker yeah. back in, dog. Come on, yeah. I feel like it's it was three rounds, and I I don't even know how to score the first round. The Kong, you know, Godzilla Ocean, because that was such an insane home court advantage oh, for Godzilla crazy, right bro. there, right? Bro. An insane home court, but you know, Absolutely. Godzilla got the first round when yeah, Godzilla got the first round on land, but then I mean, Kong got the first round on land, then Godzilla just got down. So he decisively won that second round. Like he put that his foot in that motherfucker's chest, like bitch. <laughs> Like, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, I was like, God damn. He ended, I was the fight the way, he ended the fight the way you end the fight against your little sibling. He was like, I'm going to hold you yeah. here until you tell me with your eyes. Until, until you come to your senses. Right. <laughs> yeah. Put his foot in that motherfucking chest. God damn, little yeah, bitch. That hey, was, was hey, was that yeah. the point when you tweeted when you was like, this nigga should have hooped? Because <laughs> she was like, <laughs> It was, it was just, it was just a ridiculous out. Kong was ridiculously outmatched, but he made it work. That motherfucking axe ain't even do shit, but he he tried his best, man. God damn, Kong got his ass beat, bro. That nigga went back home, came back and got his ass whooped <laughs> again, dog. He went, he went home, home and got his out gun. with the murder and still got smacked. Right. Up. Went home, got the yeah. gun. And, no, hey, Godzilla must be Samoan, dog. He got some Samoan in his ass, dog. Because that's a Samoan shit. And that little you set of gravity, bro. And you core still face. His ass, it was core. I told you it was coming down to core face, bro. He backed his ass down. <laughs> core face. He dogged that man out. Hey, but it, but yeah, you know what? That low center of gravity, I man. Right. I was just like, damn, Kong. I, I was <laughs> genuinely shocked, though, because I think when the three of us talked about this, we all sort of started by acknowledging, like, in quote unquote real life, obviously the lizard will win based on the, you know, the shit that he's, he's impenetrable and he's, he breathes fire and all this shit. I just assumed that in the movie they were going to have Kong win because they knew that's who people would be rooting for. I was genuinely yeah. shocked that they had King Kong running from the atomic fire breath like it was atomic fire breath for like 15 fucking minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker was shook, bro. But yeah, they really, I feel like Kong is probably a, I don't know, is, is Kong a bigger draw globally than Godzilla? Because like, I feel like Asia loves Godzilla and I feel like just it's America like a hundred Godzilla movies and like 10 King Kong movies. Like God, like Godzilla, yeah. especially so I, guess, Asia, I, guess, I would say the only part of the movie that I really strongly did not like was that they basically like completely cut Japan out of the shit. It was, it was like America and China. And I understand that those are the global film markets, but it was like Japan, like Godzilla, this whole shit comes from fucking Japan. Like, <laughs> like the whole style like of filmmaking is first. like Gogeta, like, you know what I mean? And they're just like, no, 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 no. We're going to sell this movie in fucking China. They're already out of quarantine. <laughs> I think King Kong yeah. is loved so much here in America because of his love for white people. <laughs> That's probably like, <laughs> that's probably why. He was willing to die for these white women, right. yeah. And America's like, fuck yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and they just like, ah, <laughs> whoop that nigga's ass, Godzilla. <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, I can't believe them stubby ass arms. Them stubby ass arms gave King Kong the beats. Bro. But I mean, the them fuck? sharp ass spikes in his back. He tall as fuck. The tongue, the tail was doing. Well, listen, too, let's let's be let's be realistic. And I, I mean, I respected your guys' arguments when we talked about you know who's gonna win in the fight. Opposable thumbs versus 
atomic fire breath, bro. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's cool to be able to hold shit, but it's also cool to be able to crack the world in half with your breath. You know what I mean? He punched through to the center yeah. of the fucking planet by like breathing on it. <laughs> like, that shit was crazy. Bro, this was honestly like Braun versus Warriors in 2017, dog. Like I, I like when you when we were having that argument, I was like, yo, these are great points, but I, my heart just won't let me. You know what I mean? Say that Godzilla should win. But you was hella right, dog. You won that, you yeah. know? And 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 even like the, the movies could was like were like, bro, we really can't. It'd be too unbelievable to allow this man to beat Godzilla. Like, come on, dog. You see this nigga. <laughs> you look at Godzilla. <laughs> I was prepared to hate that movie when he found that fucking axe. Like, oh, he found an axe. With a piece of it, like his best weapon was an axe with a piece of Godzilla's fucking uh, spines on it. It was like, he's going to take that and hit him in the face and win this shit. I will be so fucking pissed. At least make him make the axe himself. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But that axe was there because uh, uh, um, evidently King Kong's gorillas beat fucking Kong, um, Godzilla's lizards back in the day and shit. So Kong like let the whole fucking family down. He let us down. <laughs> And his whole fucking lineage down, bro. Like, God his damn. Nigga, his niggas in heaven with the birds off you like, damn, Kong. Like, <laughs> damn, my nigga. You feel me? Like, this what we own now, bro? Like, we done left you to ask you all that shit. You still getting your ass drug in front of the whole globe, nigga. <laughs> what was really flagrant, though, was with the first time Godzilla attacked, and they said eight deaths. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he, 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 he I, I, I literally rewinded city. it yeah. to watch the whole city, <laughs> like, eight deaths. I was like, this is the time when I take the nap. I'll tap in a little later. <laughs> eight deaths. Come on, What's man. What's exciting to me is that they seem to understand that they don't need to make movies for, like, Midwest farmers in the 1980s anymore. Like, the director was talking about, he thinks going forward, the monster movies will do away with human characters completely, which would make me yes. so fucking happy. Like, let's just... The best parts of the movie was when the big creatures are fighting. Like, just have them fucking fight for an hour. I don't want to plot. I don't want, you know what I mean? I don't, I just, Dang. the plot is this one wants to kill this one. This one wants to kill this one. Like that's the oldest plot in biology. Like <laughs> They wasted yeah. the hell out of Millie Bobby Brown. I'm like, why yeah. was she, why that, like she, you going to use her for this weak ass role. They really didn't even show her that much. Like, yeah, man. So let's do it. I just, you know, Mothra versus fucking baby Godzilla, Godzilla Jr. You know what I mean? Like, whatever it is. Two hours of straight banging, bro. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so while we're talking about uh, ancient mythology, it is Easter. And something my kids didn't say earlier got me thinking about this. Did you guys believe in an Easter bunny when you were kids? Absolutely. I didn't believe in shit as a kid, dog. <laughs> Said all this shit is. What did your parents? Did your parents? So did you guys get Easter baskets? Yeah, I did. My mom was really a little chocolate shit. Yeah, okay, you got the chocolate. So this is what got me thinking about it. We we give the kids Easter baskets. You know what I mean? And we we they're still they're doing the Santa thing. My daughter's five, so as as the as the former president said, it's marginal. You know, but we're still in the Santa Claus (laughs) in the Santa Claus era. My kids have asked me for Santa Claus's social fucking security number. I mean, they want to know everything about it. Like, they want to know everything about Santa Claus. They want to know why his uniform doesn't catch on fire when he's going a thousand miles an hour. They want to know how fast does he have to go? They want to know, is he over Africa right now when it's 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve? You know what I'm saying? Like, they want to know everything. There's a hundred Netflix shows and movies and cartoons about who is Santa Claus? Why is he giving all these toys to everyone? Like everything about the mythology of Santa Claus. There is not one fucking thing out there like that about the Easter Bunny. And I think my kids know it's bullshit. But they want to believe in Santa Claus. I think they know the Easter Bunny is bullshit and they just don't care, bro. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. Um, do your kids believe in the Tooth Fairy? I maybe. They know they get money. I feel, yeah, I, I, yeah, I feel like there's a, a human animal distinction where people can believe that a human can do all the shit Santa does, but no one believes a fucking rabbit can do all the shit the Easter rabbit does. You know, because I mean? there would be way more questions than there would be about Santa Claus. Yeah. Like, how does the rabbit carry all of the baskets? 
it doesn't even have right. thumbs. It doesn't even have King Kong's <laughs> thumbs. Like it has like it, it just has a satchel or some shit with six billion fucking baskets in it. Like <laughs> I think I think they care based on how fire the holiday is. Like the tooth fairy, you get a dollar, right? You get a fucking Easter basket on Easter. Christmas, you get fucking cake the fuck up. Like, well, I don't give a fuck. Like, do they really give a fuck about that chocolate? They're buying chocolate throughout the year consistently. You get shit on Christmas that you might not have another opportunity to get, bro. You know what I mean? Like, Christmas is the time. So I think there's like a relationship between how fire the holiday is and how much they give a fuck. You know what I mean? Because like, who doesn't give a fuck about Christmas? I, I, damn right I care about Santa. This motherfucker lacing me up. You feel me? <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck these boiled eggs and this little chocolate bunny I get on motherfucking Easter, nigga. And fuck that little dollar I'm going to spend on some airheads, you know, from the damn Toothberry, nigga. You feel me? So you're saying yeah, Santa's, you know a, I mean? Santa's so. a number one lottery pick. Like, of course, you Santa's that nigga, Santa. bro. Santa is that nigga, dog. When you was a kid, that was the man, bro. That nigga woke up before Christmas like, I'm that nigga. He the most important person on the planet for a day, bro. You know what I mean? And like, bro, like, so yeah, bro. Like, nobody care about Easter money because that shit weak, dog. <laughs> Tooth fairy, a dollar, weak. Bro, <laughs> bro, bro. bro, I I, I still remember to this day in kindergarten where a kid I was um, in kindergarten class with, you know, told us and the teacher that he saw the tooth fairy. He's like, I saw the tooth fairy and she had like chains of teeth and she was like glowing and she, <laughs> and the teacher was like, wow, really? <laughs> and I have always just like, I, and you know, it didn't say it on me until I realized the tooth fairy was fake that, yo, this teacher really put on a fucking show. But deep down, I know she's probably checking off, um, you know, the check boxes like this motherfucker be lying. I'm thinking my eyes. <laughs> I need to keep my eyes on this kid right here. Because this, this motherfucker, right yeah, this motherfucker be lying. But yeah, we were all just in awe at his witness account of the Tooth Fairy. And she played right along with that shit. That's so bro, I didn't believe funny. in none of that shit, bro. I remember in kindergarten, like, five, I was like, maybe four, I think I was four, actually, finding a bunch of presents, like, ducked off in my mom's bedroom closet. You know uh -huh. what I mean? And so I was like, and, and, and so my we, mom the, all three like, of us oh. spent too much time at home alone to have believed in Santa Claus. Right, hell you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. You feel me? Me and my yeah. sister. So like, so like, I remember my mom was all fucked up over it, right? And so I, I pretended I believed for her. I was like, I know, mom, I get it. You're Santa's helper. <laughs> I just wanted the fucking gifts. I didn't give a fuck about Santa. Fuck this nigga. I said, I get it, mom. You're Bro. Santa's helper. And all those Santas out there, they're just a rep. Like, I just said representation. Obviously, I was too young to know that. But I was like, they're Santa's helpers too. You feel me? That's I just I did that for her. Bro. And then I, when I was, I remember being six, I told her, I was like, mom, I don't believe in Santa. I never believed in like, Just give me my motherfucking dollar with my mouth. Give me my motherfucking Easter basket. And I want my presents to show up on Christmas. Nigga. This is what I want. Legos, Legos, and the motherfucking Nintendo. Shit. Bro, I remember the first time I questioned my mom about saying that she didn't even put up a fight, bro. I was like four years old, right? And we lived in an apartment. And I was like, how does he, how do, how does Santa come see us if he has to come down the chimney? We don't have chimneys. He was like, yeah, Santa ain't real. I was like, oh, yeah, I figured. <laughs> Your mom was tired, though. Your mom yeah. was tired. She's like, nigga, I'm raising two of y'all niggas, dog. Fuck this Nigga, that nigga angry. But I get it, though. Ain't no white yeah. man gave me shit, dog. You feel me? Yeah. You telling my black ass and I'm getting free shit, nigga? You feel me? My mom earned that shit, bro. I get it, bro. Fuck Santa, dog. <laughs> shit. We, uh, Hell, I, so Vinny's seven this year. Maya's five. This was definitely the year Vinny kind of figured it out. You know what I mean? And he would just, he would kind of pull mm. me aside and he'd be like, so when is Santa gonna bring the? <laughs> <laughs> this is for you, not for me. And I was like, hey, hey, hey okay, you know, like, you know, because Maya, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so, but, he's in on the joke. But then, but he's then in after on the joke, he comes up and he hugs me and he goes, Dad, thanks for everything. You know. <laughs>
Oh, that's some <laughs> real shit. Yo, Vinny. I, I love Vinny, dog. That's, that's fire. That's my guy, bro. Vinny is. That's, that's, Vinny I is bro, so when it was thanked his dad because he knew bro. the dad was doing yeah, the motherfucking sure. work, not this motherfucking weirdo that just be sneaking in your motherfucking house at night. Did bro. you guys not have the idea of Santa Claus being black? I feel like all my black friends, when wow. I'd be at their house around Christmas, they had like a black Santa nutcracker or like a black Santa doll or some shit. Like, we had all black shit. But we didn't see the representation of that nigga. Huh. You feel me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so like we, we just had black shit because we was black. Like I never because I didn't believe. Yeah. I didn't, you know what I mean? You know, I, I don't I, but I don't I don't really think I don't know black kids that thought Santa was coming by was black. Like this nigga wasn't pulling up playing Motown. <laughs> you feel me? Like <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Like, did you think <laughs> I mean when you believe for the three seconds you believe, Tyler, did you think he was black? Like. I, I remember Bill Cosby on the Cosby Show had an all-time skit on that. You remember that shit when he was like, whenever, you know, Santa comes down your chimney, he just turns to the color of the family that's there. And then he had a really good joke about how, how you know, the white friend that he was explaining it with, like, he was like, one time Santa came down and me and, you know, Bill was, was, was in the living room and he, Bill, Santa just said, uh-oh. Like, you know, that was a really good joke right there that, you know. I hate the fact that I'm laughing at that. Just fuck that dude. Yeah, yeah, I said it was good, clean comedy coming from a terrible fucking human, and we had no idea until decades later. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I, I never even considered that because I was like four. I didn't necessarily understand what race was. So right, yeah, yeah, I would. That's like a th like I feel like I've seen like representations of Santa as being like Cambodian or black or Polynesian or like like anytime I, you're at a friend's house it was like here's like that's some long beach yeah like shit, Santa's bro. from Mexico oh, Santa's city. from the islands you know what I mean <laughs> that's some long beach I like shit, that dude. though it's like My a reverse uh, the, uh -uh. It, the Cosby theory is like a reverse Pennywise the clown instead of being like a nightmare that takes the shape of whatever you're afraid of he's a friendly guy who looks like your dad <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> right right uh, all right. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, <laughs> we've had a couple people hit us up and they're, they're fans of the show. We greatly appreciate them hitting us up, uh, offering to get us on cameo that they're trying to get. And for those who don't know what cameo is, it's a place that celebrities or pseudo celebrities, uh, can offer their a, a cameo, a video message, whatever, where someone would book, I have a hundred dollars. I want this athlete to, give my dad a happy birthday message for 30 seconds or whatever, whatever. And while we greatly appreciate the interest and that people have asked us to be on cameo, I literally can't think of a worse group of three people on the planet earth for that service than the three people who host this podcast. <laughs> we can barely figure out our intro. It's a struggle every time. Every fucking time. Every time dog. Us on cameo. Like, like Mike said off camera, he was saying that we'd be on there for 10 minutes and would say the nothing that you asked us to say. And then we just get off. Like here is just 10 minutes of us talking about all shit, but what you asked right. us to talk about. You're like, oh, I asked for a 30 second happy birthday message for my brother. It's like, well, you got 10 minutes about fucking Zoroastrianism. Right. You know, here you go. <laughs> right, right. It's like, like, like Fruit Loose versus Cinnamon Toast Crunch or some shit. Right, right, right. right. Start talking about Sid Hartha for a second. <laughs> the greatness of Harper Lee. And it we up out that thing, dog. Oops. <laughs> and happy birthday, I guess. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whoever the fuck you are. Whoever the fuck this nigga is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so look, if you wanted to control practices through cameo just clip this you just cut out the last 30 seconds yeah, happy birthday you know happy holidays uh congratulations condolences uh from jenkins Feliz navidad all of that you feel me free free of charge no 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 charge required all right i think that's it uh we'll be back again on thursday thank you so much for tapping in be sure to subscribe and uh, give us the five stars. Make sure you're listening to all the other great podcasts on the Volume Sports Network. And we'll see you guys on Thursday.
Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today you never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials so it's best to always pack a columbia pfg solar stream elite hoodie to protect against the sun i mean it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot that's a win-win columbia pfg has a lot of great gear so before you head out on the water head over to columbia.com pfg to shop their performance fishing gear there are choices that can change your life. Like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45. It's one of the most common cancers for women and men, and it doesn't always have symptoms. But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it. And there's even better news. You have screening options. Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your screening options or visit cdc.gov slash screen for life for more information. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.